sjspr.radio. Schoolhouse Media. Listen up. This is the Voices of SJS Podcast. Welcome to Voices of SJS. My name is Raquel Maldonado. I am a world history teacher, um, and I am also the advisor of the um, St. John's School Anti-Racist Leadership Collective. Um, I am here with some very special students uh, who are all juniors. Um, first off, I have here Rafa Pagan. Hey, hello, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. It's my first time doing this, and I'm very excited. Soraya Rodriguez. Hello, I'm Soraya. I'm also very excited to be here and to talk about why we're so passionate about being part of the ALC. Itzel Trinidad. Hello, um, as well as my other peers. This is my first time and I'm very excited to share with you guys our experiences and why this club came about. And Alia Marrero. Um, Hi, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm very excited for this talk show and to be talking about what we do in ALC. In this episode, we are going to be talking about, um, obviously, the St. John's School Anti-Racist Leadership Collective. Um, We're going to reflect on the reasons this club was founded um, and its role in the school, as well as what we envision um, for St. John's and for the ALC in the future. So I'm going to start with Itzel, since you... Well, all of you have been a part of the club since um, the beginning, but Itzel has been a part of the club since its very inception. I came up to her with this idea. So if you could tell the school community a little bit about why and how the Anti-Racist Leadership Collective came about. Of course. Well, the Anti-Racist Leadership Collective, otherwise known as ALC, came about one day when I received a communication from Ms. Maldonado and she was telling us if we were willing to have conversations about anti-racism, if this was something, if the ALC as a whole was something that we wanted to have in our SJS community. And well, obviously, me and the other two peers that she reached out to at the time, we said yes because we were really, from that from the get-go, from that point, we were really passionate about such subjects and topics, and we really wanted to see what the ALC could become. After we told Maldonado that uh, we, after me and my two other peers, Olav and Alyssa, told Maldonado that we were really interested, the club kind of came together really nicely, and a lot more people than we would have ever thought joined and it has become such a nice safe place for everyone and now we're looking forward to um, getting together new visions and goals for this year and for the long run as well and once we leave as well how ALC is gonna how its reputation or its standing is gonna be maintained in St. John's. Is there anything that um, you guys would like to add to that, Rafa, Soraya, or Alia? I think Itzel summed it up really perfectly. The whole idea of the club not only does it allow us it to have a safe place to talk about these issues or instances that might occur in St. John's, 
for other students, but it also has, allows us to have an impact and learn and educate ourselves and also educate our peers and learn how to deal with these situations that are very important that not only will we have to deal with them in the outside world, but in our school as well. Okay, adding on to what you said, I also think like one of the main reasons why the club was made was because like in St. John's, there's been a lot of like incidents where people have been racist towards others and they're not really addressed properly and like part of our goals is to change that and address this you know situations better and um, so that's like one of the main foundations of this club i believe Jaraya. i think i joined the latest in this group this club started august 2020 and i joined december 2020 so three months after actually from because of itzel i was with itzel and sofia which is also part of our collective and they were talking to me about the AOC and, and they're like why aren't you in it you're literally into this stuff and I joined and ever since I've loved it as someone who's has never been discriminated or treated differently because of the color of their skin and I want to know how to use my privilege effectively and how to help advocate for others and I feel like I've learned so much in this collective I want to ask a about the word, a couple of words that we've we used so far in this conversation. So the first one is collective. Um, and I'm gonna ask you, Soraya, to talk about this. Um, why do we call ourselves a collective? Um, and what makes us different from other student clubs? I believe is why we call ourselves the anti-racist leadership collective rather than a club is because you can't like clubs I feel like especially in our school most people just put on their name on a list yeah they're in a club but they don't um, engage in the club or they don't like they just do it for their college resume the process for joining ALC is a bit different and you have to like not apply, but you have to like write a certain prompt and send it to Maldonado. And the reason we do this is to make sure that the people who are interested in ALC really want to be interested in ALC and know why we are also collective. It's more like, not like a, I would say family, but in a way, yeah, like it's just like a really close group and we're all in there for like the same reason that we want to advocate for the same things. And it gives that sense of like trust and community there's also no like hierarchy like in other clubs there's like president secretary and all that there's none of that in this collective it's more like all equal and like we all are, have the same role we're all there for the same reason so it's very like i said just a, a sense of like kind of community it's non-hierarchical exactly and then the other word that i've heard i think maybe all of you use or at least itzel and alia and soraya is the term safe space what does that mean to you guys? And uh, why do you think it's important to maintain that safe space? So for me, a safe space is like a place where you can like say, like express yourself without like the fear of being judged. And I think in like this, like in the anti-racism, in this uh, collective, it's a, a safe space because like no one really judges you and like we're all equal. So. Like people just say whatever they want, how they feel about a certain topic, and they're not really afraid of being, you know, criticized by others. And I also think it's like safe. Like let's say someone is going like through uh, like a tough time, someone's being like harassed, discriminated, then you know, like we could talk it out and like address it. So yeah, that's why I think it's a safe space. Do you have something to add, Itzel or Alia? 
Um, I think another reason why it's such a safe place is not only is it a little comfort zone for us where we find comfort in our peers, uh, but also we find comfort in Ms. Maldonado. But it's also a safe place to ask these questions that we may be scared to ask in public, maybe with our friends or with our families. These questions that like have, they occur in our minds, but we don't know where to get the right answers from. But what other way than to hear from our other peers who might be questioning the same thing or going through these experiences together to really learn from each other and about each other as well. Also, it, it has become a, a safe place, at least for me personally, being in a majorly well white school it, as a black individual, it is very nice to have a collective of people who share the same, I guess, goals and, well, not the way of thinking, but you get to come to this collective of, like, people and you're not afraid of speaking out. You're not afraid of talking about your experiences because you know you'll be heard instead of judge or put down. And I think that's a very important aspect of why the ALC is what it is. Some of you have brought up um, that there have been issues or instances or misunderstandings regarding race and racism at school. Um, so what are some of those issues that have surfaced at St. John's? We can speak generally. Um, I think part of our goal is to make people aware of their actions, right? And have people question maybe the things that they didn't question before. So um, I was wondering if you guys could talk about some of those issues that you felt needed to be talked about in the group. Oh yeah, so there's, you know, there's been, there's been some incidents in the past uh, where teachers have said, you know, not mean, but like racist things to students. And I don't think they say like those things with the intentions like, oh, I wanna be racist. I just think like they don't know they're being racist. Like, I don't think it's properly addressed. Like I said before, it's one of the reasons why we uh, made this club. Like, like, not only educate the student body, but like teachers as well. Because after all, those are the ones that educate us and influence us. As Rafa has said, we want to educate not only ourselves and the student body, but also the teachers as well. And how we learn from them, we hope that they can learn from us and be open to our opinions and what experience that I've had here in St. John's is also since I am one of the few black students um, and my hair, I don't know if, you, if you're listening to this and you've seen me around in the halls, but my hair is kind of, it's curly and it's not, it doesn't look like everyone else's hair. And I like people coming up and let's say like touching my hair, it's disrespectful in a way because I don't see it happening to other people, like other people with different textures of hair. Like I don't see people just being like, oh my God, can I touch your hair? And I know that's, it's usually because it's like, sometimes it's because of appreciation, but sometimes I feel so like watched. I feel like, I don't know, it's like dehumanizing. And I think that, um, a lot of students have their personal instances where they have felt like similarly, but there wasn't ALC. There wasn't any place to come and talk about these scenarios and situations. Do you guys think um, that these instances and others that we've talked about 
um, and other instances that we haven't really talked about in the club. Do you think that it's lack of education or do you think that these are biases that are part of our school and our institutions because we live in a systemically racist society? And then if that's the case, then the administration of St. John's has been very vocal this year about bringing us towards um, an anti-racist school or making us an anti-racist school. So what do you think is the ALC's role in that, if any? To answer Maldonado's question, I think that it's mostly a lack of education on the on these topics. So like in response to that, the ALC planning to do events where teachers can interact with each other about these topics. And like we're hoping to do like these things like every once in a while and eventually like spread or influence our student, uh, us, the students, yeah, and ultimately make the school uh, anti-racist. Um, for me, I believe that education kind of has to do with biases. Like, no one is born a racist, no one's born an anti-racist, no one is born with these biases or whatever. It's all taught by your environment, by the people you surround yourselves with. I do believe that St. John's has a responsibility to shape us and get us ready for the future not only academically but also socially and i do believe that they have progressed but there's still a long way we have to go and for example we we've all been this school for various years now but an incident that happened recently that stood out to me was that i was in my math class and a group of white kids were writing the n-word in our calculator but they were justifying it and saying, no, but it's only bad if it ends in ER, not AR. And then another person in the group was like, oh, but I'm like 1.5% West African, so I can say it. And I think this is a prime example of lack of education because the N-word wasn't just a word invented because rappers wanted to sing it in songs. <laughs> the N-word was a word used to dehumanize a group of people simply on their race. And it's not fair or right. And it's just unacceptable that people who have never been discriminated or dehumanized, not only discriminated, but dehumanized because of their race, get to throw that word around and just joke about it. And we're juniors too. We're like 16, 17 years old. And you would hope that at our age and like our experience in this world we know a little bit better but these things still happen and I know that St. John's did do a workshop for teachers and I do believe um, that was a big step forward but I don't believe that students have actually had a proper workshop and obviously we have had workshops in the past about drug abuse and all these other things but I feel like racism and race should be it should be prioritized because you can't change someone's race. Like, the, we, we live in this world with other people. You're going to get inv interact with other people, obviously, no matter what you do in life. So I do um, acknowledge the progress our school has taken, but I do believe that there's a lot still we have to accomplish and that we will with this collective. One of the most important things is we learn from our environments, and we have a lot of environments that we as teenagers we grow up in. Our family life, our friends, our cultures, they really shape who we are, our values, and the way that we think. And it's 
sort of tied in together, as Zoraya said, this implicit bias and education. We might receive our implicit biases from what we grew up with, but that's what makes our school so important and what we do in school so important because school is a place where we come to learn and prepare ourselves for the outside world. That's why it's so important for these instances. It should be a priority to have these workshops on racism and race and what it really means and to educate the entire student body, which is what we as the ALC plan to do this year. Because without it, we are sending a group of our future world leaders into the world without being educated on these topics that they won't really discuss in their homes. So it's very important for the school to take these steps. And as Zoraya said, there has been progress. But us as the ALC, as student ambassadors, we there's a lot more work to be done. Is it the same with students and with teachers? Or do you think there's more urgency with teachers or with students? There have been examples that uh, Rafa gave um, about teachers um, making racially insensitive or um, discriminatory comments. And then Soraya gave um, an example of students as well. So where do you see that urgency most? I think both are very important, students and teachers educating them alike, but especially the faculty, that's very important. Number one, they're the voice of authority, so what they say does go, and students respect them more than they probably will respect students. Um, Something that we see is that St. John's uses the term diverse very loosely, and something very important is that when we use the term diversity, If we want to use that term, we have to recognize the diversity we hold in the school and acknowledge each and every one of those students and respecting them and creating a safe space for them, which comes from our teachers and the rest of the administration, creating that safe place for students, recognizing where maybe this might be offensive to that type of student or maybe this is wrong, we shouldn't mention this, or even our history textbooks might be saying the wrong thing and offending some of these students. It comes from the faculty who are going to create the safe place for us. So it's very important for them to be the first people to be educated on these topics. Because without this recognition of this diversity that we hold in the school, then we go back to tokenizing our students. I do see both sides. I agree that there is an urgency both ways, like both teachers and our students. But I feel like if we educate our teachers, we're also at the same time educating our students. Because if the teachers know how to handle this, then they can help educate students. I want to talk about um, misunderstandings about the group that you have um, either seen or heard about and also challenges that you think that we may face um, in meeting our goals or um, in succeeding in our vision. ALC is such a big group Well, we're actually a small group, but we're big in the ways in how we impact the school and also how we impact each other. And sometimes, as you can see, we're all juniors here. So sometimes it can come off as a bit of intimidating, not just from the students who are in the club, but also from the topics we are discussing. It's hard to talk about these topics. No one wants to admit that they have white privilege. No one wants to admit that, oh, I may have had this racist thought in my head. No one wants to be that person. So it's very hard. Students don't want to talk about this. So we may face resentment from a lot of our student body. We may receive people making fun of the club or not taking it as seriously as it should be. 
or maybe downplaying how important it is. So a lot from the student body, it's going to be hard to really get them to listen, but it's very important to do. We need to, you know, spread ourselves out there, promote the club, educate, because that's the primary goal of our club. Uh, adding on to what Alia said, um, some misconceptions, I believe, is that people see this club as like some other clubs where like, for example, you just uh, sign up for it, put your name, put your, put your phone number, they add you to the chat, attend, you know, meetings whenever you, you feel like it, but you're not really engaged in it. But no, like if you're not engaged in this club and like you miss meetings, there's basically no point in joining. And I believe people don't think this is like serious. People don't know about like the fact that we're gonna like do activities to actually promote anti-racism. Actually, you know, we're gonna start taking action. Well, to the second question that Ms. Maldonado asked, um, some obstacles that we were definitely going to be facing this year in um, meeting our goals is the fact that it is a big community and to, well, educate such a mass amount of people, it is going to be hard. And while we have to find ways in which we can be, we can keep them engaged, but like in a way that they can understand it, the a way that is not just giving definitions and being like, this is right, this is wrong, do what you want with it. But we're also going to face those people that are not going to want to be educated. There's just going to be people that are not going to really understand. And well, even though our goal is to have an a complete anti-racist um school that goal is one that is really big our goal is more of making it majorly anti-racist because in the end nothing can be complete we can't there's always going to be that person that is not going to be anti-racist so in addressing those misunderstandings and challenges what are some of the goals that you have for the year? So in the long term, um, and what are some specific actions that we've been talking about? Well, I think we mentioned earlier that we, one of our goals is to have workshops for both student and teachers. Another thing we talked about is having a policy on how to handle um, insensitive, racially insensitive behaviors and actions. And not only the policy of what is tolerated and what's not, but also the procedure. Because we can say that, um, oh, if you like say something racially insensitive or racist, like you're in trouble. But if we don't provide administration concrete procedure on how to go about these things, maybe the student just gets a warning, and that's it. And that's we're not trying to like beat them up about it either but in a way we have to tell them like hey your actions have consequences and we don't tolerate this um so the policy is very important and one of the things that i'm sort of looking forward to creating with this club there have been many instances or other experiences or classes where there have been situations like these racially offensive situations and we don't know the correct way to deal with them we don't know how to address the situation to our club, how to punish or at least talk to the student who might have committed the act, or what are the right steps to take forward from there on. How do we go back to creating a safe place for those students who might have been affected by that comment? 
So that's why having a policy, creating a new policy, an intersectionalist policy and protocol is so important because it doesn't really align with the same code of conduct that our school might have already in place or the same procedures that um, Mr. Ortiz might take with a student who might have done something wrong in class. It's not the same thing and it shouldn't be treated in the same way. Also with teachers, how does it work with the teachers? What's the protocol for them? How do we go about that? So having these code of conduct to set the rules straight and see how students should be acting and also how do we go on from there? How do we fix what has been disrupted in a safe area? We have in mind is to like spread our initiatives to like other schools across Puerto Rico because we're also aware that there's a lot of like um, racism there in those schools, like even though it might be kind of hidden. So that's why we want to like spread our initiatives there and perhaps like host workshops every once in a while in other private schools uh, to like let students know about our ideas. And you know, eventually like maybe they start their own anti-racist co committees. We also want to reach out to other clubs within our school, such as Women and Me and Spectrum, which are some other clubs that are also about awareness. Women and Me, which is about women awareness, and while Spectrum is more about the LGBTQ um, uh, straight alliance, so it's also giving awareness about those two communities, and we really would like to also join forces with them to well bring a more complex or more um, in-depth scope of things that we need to work on in this school. Adding on to what Itzel said, I think it, the reason why it's so important to collaborate with different clubs like Spectrum and Women in Me which is because um, gender and, and homosexuality can play a big role in the discrimination they face. For example, black women get treated differently than black men, but a trans black woman gets treated differently than black women and just how we should really collaborate with those clubs to kind of make sure that we're helping advocate for everyone. I think another important aspect of our work is to celebrate the diversity that we have at St. John's. And so um, you mentioned, Alia, about how diversity is this word that's used in our our goals and our visions for like the graduate that is kind of plastered onto every classroom um, in the school. But for me, it's really important to make sure that BIPOC students feel visible and celebrated. So it's important for me to make connections to Noor, which is the Muslim Student Association, to really not just say, hey, we have different kinds of students, but to celebrate that diversity and talk about it, to celebrate our Chinese Puerto Rican students, to talk about the different kinds of religious diversity that we have at St. John's um, is also an important goal for me as the advisor of the ALC. So just for those of you um, that may not know, BIPOC is an acronym that stands for Black Indigenous Person of Color. I want to close out our conversation with what you guys have learned from your participation in the ALC and what students can do to join. Um, Alia said that we're a small group, but I don't think we're a small group. We have about like 20 students 
on a good day, 15 to 20 students. I mean, you guys fill up my classroom. Um, so that for me, it says that uh, there's a significant amount of you that are open and excited to have um, some difficult conversations. So yeah, so what can one do if they want to learn more about the ALC, if they want to join? And then also, what have you guys learned from your participation in the, in the group? So if students want to learn more about the ALC, I would like recommend them to like do some research on these topics and perhaps maybe like even read some books uh, like related to these topics and also like you know feel free to like reach any of us and like we could provide you with the information and to answer the, the other question like what what have I learned from being in this club is that racism is everywhere so like you don't have to do something like an, an explicit action in order to be ra like racist you know like racism could be in one's thoughts like the, the thoughts that for example come up when you see a like a black man walking down the street you know like that 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 could be racism so like for if, if for instance if you know seeing a black man walking and just making it like assumptions in your mind about him that's that's racism and in my opinion that racism is very hard to change sometimes it's like extremely difficult if like so, sometimes even impossible to change the way one thinks and in order to to eliminate uh, that racism, you know, in one's thoughts, it's very hard, but hopefully with the initiatives we have in mind, uh, we'll start changing people's ways of thinking. Yeah, I think one thing that I've taken away um, and learned since I've joined LC is that we also have so much learning to do. Like, just because I don't have, like, the known stereotypical of like racist thinking or beliefs doesn't mean that I'm like the perfect human being that I'm 100% anti-racist like I still have a lot to learn and to educate myself on so I think that AOC has helped open that part of me and for joining I feel super safe and like not judged and I feel it's a very loving group of people so if you have any questions about the collective or you're just interested like don't hesitate to reach out to one of us because it's really a great experience i think if you want to join the club i like to use this policy open mind open heart you have to come in with an open mind ready to learn willing to learn put in the effort you collaborate with the other peers in the club collaborate with the students you know sympathetic and listening because you do learn a lot from this club it will give you so much it's important for us to learn from it it's important for us to be even aware that this club is going on that these issues are going on in our school and how to recognize it and if you're someone who wants to learn more about these issues if you want to learn how to help or how to make an impact in our school and outside, whether it be by just like telling someone, hey, that's wrong, you shouldn't do that, that's offensive, then you should join this club. And it's like Zoraya said, it's a safe place for us. And from what the ALC has given me, um, I've learned so much from this club, from being in it. Um, I was there for the first year. I learned that some things that maybe I might've thought or things that I've seen happen or things that have happened to me those things are actually wrong or they shouldn't be done. They actually were offensive. But more than anything, this club has given me a lot of confidence 
confidence to stand up and speak out about these issues, even if it's to my peers who I do love very much. I'm able to tell the right from wrong and helping them as well and gain this confidence to even start my own initiatives with Noor and gain a voice in this community and provide voices to other students as well. I'm going to be totally honest. I I haven't always been anti-racist. I was just not racist, but I wasn't anti-racist. It's just, it's a process. You just have to be open to it, to other people's point of views and perspectives. And you have to do your research and you just have to have an open mind. Um, but for me, ALC, it, like I said, has been a, a very, very safe place. It's, it's a collective where I feel like I can go and I can express myself. And what I've gathered from being in ALC for this past like about a year and a half is that I thought racism was just one thing. Like it was just a word. I had never really found my definition to racism and like what racism really is. But ALC has taught me how it's such a big scope and there's so many layers to it. And there's so much more complexity than one may think. There's so many terms. There's so there's so much um, within these topics that I have found it all very interesting. And I'm so glad that I have had the opportunity to educate myself and have Maldonado teach me and be there to help me in my path to anti-racism. I wanted to just go back to a distinction that Itzel mentioned, um, which was the difference between being not racist and being anti-racist. I think if we asked everybody, literally everybody here at the school, um, if they were racist, they would all say, no, I am not racist. However, um, if we look at the members of our community and not just the student body, but also the teachers and the administrators, most of the people in that community are white, right? Um, and then if we look at the people who make up our um, maintenance um, workers, most of those people are not white, right? So how? If we are a community of not racist people, does our community reflect racist history and racist policies? One could say the same about the people who make up positions of power both in the Senate and in the Congress and in the, the places where big decisions are made, both in Puerto Rico and in the United States. Um, if we're not racist, then why are those places not representative of all of the races in our communities? So for me, the difference between being not racist and anti-racist is that you recognize that because of the history of slavery and the history of colonization and genocide in the Americas, we live in a society that has that at its basis. As a history teacher, I don't teach my students history so that they can do well on an exam or write a good paper, although those things are also important. I teach history so that we know that we're a product of it. And we're a product of 500 years of colonization and slavery. So anti-racism for me comes from that acknowledgement, and it comes from 
a sincere desire to undo that. And it is hard. And it is, it does look impossible. But for me, conversations and relationships are really important in order to undo that. I can't teach anybody if I don't have a relationship with that person. It's important um, to create these relationships with one another so that we can trust one another to have these really difficult and really heartbreaking conversations about race and racism, both here in the United States and in the world. I wanna close with a quote by activist um, and abolitionist uh, Frederick Douglass, who said that if there is no struggle, there is no progress. We in the ALC are in the struggle together. We are in this conversation together and we are supporting one another with love and respect. Before we go, I'd like to thank all of our student guests, um, Soraya Rodriguez. Thank you so much, it was a really great experience. Rafa Pagan. I also enjoyed this a lot. Um, and I hope we have, you know, conversations like these more often. Alia Marrero. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm really looking forward to having more of these conversations, not just with ALC, but with the rest of our student body and faculty. And Itzel Tineda. Thank you for having me and thank you for listening to us. Thanks for joining us. This was Raquel Maldonado for Voices of SJS. Until next time. Voices of SJS is a SJSPR.radio podcast. Our host for this edition was Raquel Maldonado. It was produced by Pilar Alamo, Sixto Ortiz, and Wilfred Lugo. We used the song Taco by Crowander under a non-commercial Creative Commons 4.0 international license. Thanks for listening. Until next time.